Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Hello, lacrosse lovers, and welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the podcast for the fastest game on two feet. Welcome to the TWR Ton episode. I'm one of your co-hosts, Roger Welton. I would normally be broadcasting to you with my compadre and lax buddy for life, Steve Jordan. He unfortunately is unable tonight. Uh, this is time-sensitive information and you know, very, very important event, the TWR Ton Award. A little background of the TWR Ton Award. It is like the Heisman Trophy of of football. It is the most outstanding player in all of the game, and that would be Division One, Division One A. That is, and a little bit different in lacrosse, though, is that the award is offered to both men and women. So there's two two Arton awards. This this year is a bit historical. <clears throat> Couple reasons: it's the sixth straight time a woman from the University of Maryland program has won the award. Once again, another midfielder, and that would be Zoe Stukenberg. And on the men's side, another Maryland Terp, attacker Matt Rambo. Strong cases for both of these athletes to have won this award. As we know, both were absolutely dominating presences on the lacrosse field. Zoe doing it all over the place. Dominant offensive player, dominant defensive player, dominant on the draw. Matt Rambo, of course, has the distinction of having had an absolutely phenomenal career, capped off an absolutely phenomenal career at the University of Maryland as the program's all-time leading scorer, which is just incredible when you look at the storied background and the storied program of University of Maryland. Although it had been 40-plus years since they'd won, last won the NCAA National Championship, they were always there. I mean, they were always in the conversation. They were always in the top 10, often in the top five, made countless Final Fours, made so many National Championship game appearances. They couldn't seal the deal, but no matter what, that program was always in the conversation. It is a source of pride for not just Marylanders, but people from all over the country that just love the game of lacrosse and understand what a mecca lacrosse is in that area, along with Johns Hopkins and other storied programs. So what he accomplished is is no small measure, and I certainly do not disagree with the selections this year. Uh, I, I think it's something to to uh, certainly celebrate uh, among the greatness of this University of Maryland program, both the men and the women doing it this year, the women doing it for 
well, it just becomes a habit for these guys, 13, or these ladies, 13 times overall, six straight championship, just absolutely incredible uh, for these women. And of course, the University of Maryland players with the weight of history on their shoulders, especially those seniors, just an absolutely wonderful story. As far as the award itself, let's discuss the Tuartan Award because I don't think we've discussed it prior on this show. And let's let's talk about Tuartan. Tuartan is from the Mohawk language. It means lacrosse. And it the award is named as such because it is a celebration, uh, an honor, a celebration of an honoring of the Native American origins of the sport of lacrosse. We're very proud of the fact that this is the oldest sport on the continent played by its first human inhabitants, or let's say homo sapien inhabitants. It has a very spiritual connotation to it. It meant a great deal to the Native Americans, and we are very grateful to them for having not just invented the sport, but passed it along through the generations for us all to enjoy in its modern manifestation of what we enjoy today. The spiritual side of it will always remain, and those historical origins really just tug at our heartstrings, and I think it's one of the things that make the sport unique and special. So why do we choose Mohawk? Well, the Mohawk Nation is credited pretty pretty conclusively at this point with having been the progenitor of the game of lacrosse. Of course, it is well-known throughout many uh, different Native American cultures throughout the Northeast American continent, but uh, Mohawk, the Mohawk Indians have the, well, I don't like to use the word Indians, but know how the Mohawk Native Americans uh, have that distinction and honor. So that's where Tuartan comes from. And going back to the parallels to the Heisman Trophy, as we well know, the Heisman Trophy rarely is awarded to a player other than a quarterback or a running back. So not only is it very biased offensively, it, it it's very biased toward two very specific positions. Now, of course, the quarterback position is very important. The running back position is very important. Both positions set the tempo for the game. They set the precedent and are, I would say, when you look at the importance of the position, the skill positions on the field, these positions are, you know, you could be a Peyton Manning that establishes the run via the pass, or you could be more of a, an Emmett Smith who establishes establishes a passing game via a great running game. And you see this happen simultaneously where you have a great passing game and running game and you just don't know where to stop a given team. So I can, I can certainly understand why the Heisman Trophy tends to favor these skill positions. But at the same token, what do we know about championships and great teams? We know that defense wins championships. And you can have the most prolific offense in the world, but if you can't stop anybody, you're not going to win championships. So absolutely, you got to score goals in lacrosse. But you better stop your opponent. And, and we look at Notre Dame. Notre Dame has made a career, if you want to call it a career, but, you know, they're, they're really the modern era of the great Notre Dame teams have been 
centered around just phenomenal defense, lower scoring games, and stopping the other team, getting possessions back to the offensive side. And certainly, University of Maryland came up big defensively in the national championship game, actually throughout the entire May Madness, uh, they came up big. We look at Matt Rambo, who did ultimately win the Tuarton Award, but he was quite neutralized by All-American defenseman from Ohio State Randall. Handled him quite well, actually, and, 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 and granted, Rambo exerted his influence in the game via just drawing so much attention, uh, opening up opportunities for players like Brian Maltz, who had a phenomenal game, and and certainly influencing the game, even when he's not scoring or, have, or, or, or gaining assists. And, of course, he had that amazing ap- acrobatic uh, goal on the crease after he bowled his way in. So, you know, defense is, is just exceedingly important, yet it so rarely gets recognized in the Heisman Trophy. I, I really can't remember the last time a defensive player won. I remember Charles Woodson won it as a safety for when he was with University of Michigan. I... I, I it may escape me right now, but I can't think of another defensive player who was even in the running for the Heisman Trophy. And when we look at the Tuarton Award, on the lady side, there was a defender that did win it. Her name escapes me, but it was, I believe, in the third year of the award. Um, the award just started in uh, the year 2000. And on the girl side, it's pretty heavy in midfielders, but when you look at the history of the midfielders, they were very offensive, heavy midfielders. Of course, ladies like Zoe that were phenomenal on all sides of the ball, but but certainly great finishers uh, with regard to goals and assists. On the men's side of it, you have all but two years were attackers. And the two years that they were not attackers, they were midfielders. One was Matt Seabald, and one was Doug Shanahan, two names that we can all recognize. Doug Shanahan, of course, is a very important announcer. We love to hear his color commentator uh, role now that he plays in the sport of lacrosse at the college level. But uh, he was an amazing player in his own right, a midfielder. But still, these guys were of the Connor Kelly mold where, you know, again, prolific scorers, um, more offensive-minded, but never once a defenseman has won it or... I don't recall the last time a defenseman's even been in, in the finalist. So, you know, I think it's a discussion that we have to have. Is it is it simply by virtue of the fact that people just love seeing offense? We love on the football side with the Heisman Trophy, seeing a great quarterback just run a two-minute drill, pick apart a defense, audible, do great things, watch a running back, take it coast to coast. Um, you know, it, it's exciting to watch that. Is It's exciting to watch Matt Rambo have his acrobatic goals or watch Lyle Thompson and, and Miles Thompson have these amazing, just otherworldly <laughs> uh, offensive interactions where they're doing all kinds of things with, the sh- with their stick and the ball that, that are just otherworldly. Yes, it's, it, it's exciting to see. And certainly, when do we jump up and down and go nuts? It's after scores. Uh, we don't we don't really celebrate uh, a defensive stop as I guess vehemently as we do an offensive score. I think that the same could probably be said for 
for football, although, you know, a big sack happens at a very opportune moment, very pivotal moment of the game. Yeah, people get up and, and go nuts for that player, go nuts for the defensive highlight that just occurred. But for the most part now, they're, people are going nuts when there's a score, and I understand that, and, and perhaps that influences these awards. I think the other criticism of the Tuartan Award is that uh, we have certain commentators that are, are a bit frustrated by the fact that it often seems to go to players that have really dominated in the postseason. Uh, they, yes, to be sure, finalists that made it in their own right to be finalists, rightfully so, but it seems the postseason, the performance of their team, their own personal performances, seem to play a big role. Now, an argument can be made certainly for Matt Rambo in his regular season, and especially when you put it in the greater context of the record that he achieved. But at the same token, you look at some of the other finalists and, you know, I still think it goes to Rambo, you know, but but it certainly in in other years, a lot of a lot of people have opined that the award really went to the best postseason performer, not not the main season. And really, in the spirit of the award, as is the Heisman Trophy in football, we're looking for the best season performance, not postseason performance, right? There's individual accolades that go to these postseason performers. But as far as the greater body of work, what we're looking to accomplish is we're looking to see the big picture. What did this player do for this team through the course of this season, in this case the 2017 season, last year the 2016 season? What made them stand out from every other player in college lacrosse that made them mean more to their team than every other player in the entire Division One lacrosse community, the different conferences, what made them more important to their team than everybody else? And really that is what the very nature of the award should be focused on. And I would, I would encourage and request that whomever it is that decides on these awards and I'm actually not certain exactly who it is that does that. And I'm, I'd certainly like to find that out on the Heisman side of it. I believe sports writers uh, have a, a, a vote in that. I'm not sure if coaches do, to be quite honest with you. But um, whoever's responsible for it on the lacrosse side, the Tuarton Award, I would encourage them to really focus on the season, try to put blinders on. I would actually ask them to go behind closed doors somewhere and make that decision, take that vote, make that determination before May Madness even starts. And that way that decision's been made. That Those two names are in a lockbox to be revealed after the national championship as, they, as is appropriate. But the postseason itself did not play a role in influencing the votes or the decisions of these voters. That's very much what I would like to see. But that stated, I don't want to get all negative or remain negative because it is a celebration and there is something to be said for recognition of greatness. And certainly, I don't believe anybody can argue with the selections for this year. And I, so I'd like to just you know take a step back and 
A, let's be very pleased that the the award itself honors the Native American origins of the sport. I think it's a wonderful tradition. Let's also be very pleased that we have a bi-gender sport. We have a sport that is a wonderful sport on the men's side, and there is a female side to it that is ultra exciting, that is a different game to be sure, but one to be celebrated for its art and beauty and serious toughness. I mean, these women that go at it at the Division One level, it is, it is a beautiful game in that they can't rely as much on the physical nature of other aspects, such as on the men's side. You might not be a great lacrosse player, but you can scrum for a face-off and bully your way to that ball. You can intimidate in other ways. On the girls' side, there has to be tremendous stick skills using a stick with a head with virtually no pocket. It's a virtual tennis racket, basically. Doing incredible things with the ball, moving the ball so rapidly to the extent that, you know, I when my elite tournament team boys are not performing well and they're not moving the ball and they're trying to do it all by themselves and they're holding the ball too long, I will actually say, gentlemen, if we have time, you know, between games, I'll say, gentlemen, get your stuff, grab your water, grab your food. We're going to go over and we're going to pick an elite girls game so you guys can learn how to play lacrosse. <laughs> because the elite girls teams at the high school level, at the tournament level, are doing incredible things with the ball. They're moving the ball so fast, you sometimes have trouble keeping up with who has it. So it's artistry in motion. It's amazing stick skills. And there is a lot of toughness and physicality to the game. I don't want to downgrade that. Watching them scrum for ground balls, watching them body up. Um, uh, I certainly don't want to downplay that. But it's just magnificent that we have lacrosse for men and women. I just love that aspect of the game as well. I have a son and a daughter, both of which play, which is just magical. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't overstate that. But... Here we have the T.R. Ton Award that honors a man and a woman, each the best in their respective games, the men's game and the women's game, in college lacrosse, and it's a beautiful thing. So congratulations to Zoe Stukenberg. Congratulations to Matt Rambo. Congratulations to University of Maryland for making history this year. It was wonderful to watch and to Terp Nation and to my good buddy, Ray McGill, and of course to my compadre, who I miss dearly tonight, Steve Jordan, who is alumnus of the University of Maryland as well. I congratulate you all. Have a great night, everybody. Look forward to coming back, talking to you in the very near future, reunited with my buddy, Steve. Take care and lax on. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.